Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. And this is the fourth day of the week of in God's created order. Wednesday, 17th day of January 2024th year of our Lord. And let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity once again to fellowship in your word. Thank you for joining together, the opportunity of coming together. Pray, Heavenly Father, that we open our hearts, that the Holy Spirit will open our hearts, the eyes of our hearts, that we may draw application from from our um, from our uh, text today, that if it's nothing more than just recognizing that we are so blessed and that we're not on the side of the woes, pray, Heavenly Father, to open our eyes. And these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And this is another fine day in the Lord. And let's turn to it. We are this morning. We, um, aside from. Again, technical difficulties were a little blurry this morning, but uh for some reason or other my uh my cameras decided that they're it's not gonna work this morning, but uh no big deal. We switched out the cameras and here we are. So we're talking about the woes and the woes is a UI and the UI is a state of intense hardship or disaster or horror and it's it's the outside of the blessings of God. It is is alienation from the blessing of God. It's not just God's cursing, but when we when we pull our uh, we we when we depart from God, when we depart from our relationship with the Lord, we're we are actually moving away from blessing and moving on to the woes or the cursing. Quite different than when we see in Matthew. Um, blessed or Marcarius, happy are those who. Um, uh, the the um, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are mourn. Here it is the woes, the woes to them, and the woe is receiving the disapproval of God. And though there are um, in our day those who are prospering in their way, there are people today that that they are comfortable in their misery. They're um they they've got the they've got all the coordinates of life life is good life is happy um we uh, er, everything's everything's fine i don't need anything and they don't see um uh, the the scary thing is that they don't see their own woes because what happens when all these things that they have um that in their life that that all their coordinates of happiness all the things that they um, lean upon happiness or pulled out of the way or, or pulled out from under them, like the rug pulled out from under them, then where are they? And then will they at that point experience the wo- the woes that are and recognize their position of being outside of the blessings of God? Matthew twenty three thirteen. But woe to the scribes and the Pharisees, the hypocrites. He continually called these the hypocrites. Because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from the people, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. 
Great condemnation comes to those who bar the door. They prevent, they're not only entering the kingdom, they're unbelievers. They've rejected the salvation means of God. These Pharisees certainly believed that they were saved. Nicodemus thought he was saved when he went and visited Jesus. And Jesus said, hold on there. Um, and remember that in Mark, the lawyer, and Jesus said to him, you're close to being uh, coming into the kingdom because he recognized the truth. In Mark, when, when he's talking to the lawyer, we're not going to turn there, but in Mark, the lawyer who questioned him, um, and, and then turns around and says, that, that's truth. That the lawyer recognizes truth. And why did Jesus say that you are close to being in the kingdom? Why? Because he was close to seeing, he was close to the truth. He's close to understanding and receiving and accepting the truth. Well, these Pharisees have rejected the truth. And rejecting the truth bars you from the door. Our entrance into the kingdom is the, uh, is the, uh, is the receiving of the truth. The gospel is the truth. And as Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life that no one enters into, uh, or that no one comes to the Father but through me. He is the way, He's the path. Uh, he's the truth, and it is the truth of the gospel, the the believing, the trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved. And uh, so the Pharisees, not only do they reject the truth, barring themselves from entering into the kingdom um, in the resurrection, they're also barring the door to others, and, and, and they're making their... their they're making their um, careers, they're making their agenda. Um, these custodians of the kingdom, today even those who are in pulpits, who are teaching false doctrines or teaching or, or giving only pablum, uh, the baby food, nothing to edify the soul or the um, or they're teaching everything but the gospel. Uh, they're uh, tragically, what they're doing is they are locking people out from the kingdom. Because without the truth, they're, they're, let's, let's put it this way. The kingdom, uh, the, the, the truth is the key to enter into the kingdom. Moving on to the next row, uh, Matthew 23, 24. That was a review from yesterday. And let's see. There we go. 23 to 14. And this was, this verse was added. I put seven woes, there's eight woes, um, in, in the heading title here. But this, in the NIV, in the text that, from that, they add this verse. And it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses, and for the pretense you make long prayers, therefore you will receive a greater condemnation. And they enter it probably because of these two verses from other passages, Mark twelve thirty-eight to 40. In his teaching, he was saying, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like respectful greetings in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor and banquets who devour widows' houses and for appearance sake offer wrong prayers these will receive greater condemnation. 
and also a parallel passage in Luke. All right, start working here for me, will you? All right. Beware of the scribes who like to walk around long robes and love respectful greetings in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor and banquets. They devour widows' houses and for appearance sake offer long prayers. These will receive a greater condemnation. And as we started out yesterday, we're talking about the greater condemnation, um, that they're, that in Gehenna, where they're, they're barred from the kingdom, so where they're going, they're going to Gehenna. And, and I get, I guess the fire is hotter in some places in Gehenna than others. Alright, so widows and orphans are after God's own heart. Both the vulnerable, they, they're vulnerable, they're helpless, they're in a humble state, seeking help from the benevolence of others. Um, and it is, he, God is a God of the helpless, of those who, uh, uh, and his grace and his mercy and his heart goes out to them. And Job, and I forget which passage in Job talks about one of his virtues was the fact that, uh, that his care for the orphans and for the widows. And Jesus could mean here that these teachers exploited the widows in a number of different ways. Um, see, it's, if you want to study, go to the, uh, if you want to study of human, uh, human evil or evil in our day, study politics. Study evil politics. Study liberal politics. Because really the Pharisees and these leaders are a political structure, a religious political structure. And their attitudes are the same as you have with liberal politicians today and what they do. And they fleece and they, they have no care. They have no, they have no um, compassion. And they say they do. They put on pretense that they do. But they don't care for the elderly. They don't care except for, except for, um, when it comes to their votes. They have very, very little compassion for them. So, um, these uh, and and they these uh, these leaders could raise the taxes. Um, they they could raise them as far as twenty and thirty percent on top of the taxes that they're already receiving from the government. And um, or they could meet. They could be talking about um, ex, um, enforcing the letter of the law. Rather than showing mercy and justice for the people. So whatever it is that here, here it is the helpless and it should be their responsibility to take care of the helpless. But instead of doing that, they, they put a heavy burden down on them. Um, and so to them, it's a greater woe. These religious leaders are, are subject to a greater woe and whatever the specific crime Whatever they're doing, Jesus is saying that um, that they are worse than tax collectors. That they are worse than tax collectors. And um, so again, we see a greater condemnation for them. Woe to them! Matthew twenty three fifteen. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, because you travel around on sea and land to make 
one a proselyte, and when he becomes one, you be, you make him twice the son of hell as yourself. Apostolite, what what is apostolite? That's uh for Luanida we'll go with that one and um Alright, Luanida, where are you? There we go. Things are acting a little squirrely this morning on software for some reason or other. A Gentile who had converted to Judaism. Jewish convert, apostolite. So after after um during the church age when Paul was going around teaching these would be called Judaizers, and they would come in after Paul, and um, they would be looking to convert convert Gentiles over to Judaism, basically adding to their number, and um, whatever their whatever their recruitment um, strategy was, that they were bringing others in, uh, maybe maybe excite and exciting to be a part of the team or whatever. But with the false doctrine of of them, what and the teaching and coming under Judaism, what they were doing would be equipping the heart to reject the truth. Again, they would be barring the barring the truth, the key to the kingdom, and they so they would be converting people. They would be converting others into their way. And you see, it's religion, and we know about religion. It's easier um, for one, for a new believer to, or, or a, a new convert to come into discipleship, to start learning what the Word of God is, the truth of the Word of God is, than to take someone who is religious minded. And there are unbelievers who are very religious. Yes, they, they're under they're under uh, false teaching. They they may carry their Bibles. They may come in, and it's so hard for them to be converted because their hearts are saturated with false doctrine, false teaching, and it's hard. It's it's harder for a religious person that even grown up in religion, and religion isn't necessarily um, the truth. It is, religion is man's mean, uh, man seeking the approbation of God, um, through man's own means and through man's own, and religion itself can build up a lot of garbage in the heart, a lot of false teaching, a lot of traditions, a lot of denominationalism, a lot of other things outside of the truth. And then when finally this person is exposed to the truth, the gospel, it becomes very difficult for them to receive it. Okay? And so, um, so they, so these, these Pharisees, they make great strides and they travel a long distance to even bring one into the fold. They travel land and sea to find that one that will convert to their brand of Judaism. And then at that point, they're inculcated with the pharisaical teachings, having their hearts so tied up with religion that they cannot even look beyond to see the truth. So as we asked yesterday, is Jesus giving these woes to these Pharisees um, and um, to, to give them a chance to repent? 
we might, some may say that there's always, a, if you're breathing, you have a chance to repentance. Is Jesus saying, given the woes to them as a, um, in a prophetical statement, that you've already crossed the line, that your hearts are already hardened, and that there is no turnaround, and prophetically speaking, Jesus is a prophet, prophetically speaking, Jesus saying, this is your, this is your end game. Uh, you're going to experience the woes. Um, and, and I'll, I'll also ask a third question. Is Jesus picking a fight? Because these Pharisees, the one who he keeps calling hypocrites, is he picking a fight? That is, these religious leaders are going to be the instrument by which Jesus will be taken to the cross, will be taken to Calvary. It could be Calvary where our so great salvation is going to be won. No cross, no salvation. So anyway, those are just questions I ponder as we come back to Matthew 23. And we'll go Matthew 23 to 16 to 22 on this one. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated. Okay, this is where their statement. This is the Pharisees' statement. Again, their statement is, Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Quote, whatever, Whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated. Now, this is, you fools and blind men. Which is more important, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? This is Jesus speaking now. This is, okay, though, okay, at this, what's happening here is the Pharisees, at this point, you weren't, you weren't to express the name of God. The Jews were not allowed to express the name of God. And also to get them out of, to have a loophole, they don't express the name of God. They don't swear in the name of God so that they might have the opportunity to uh, renege on their oath, on their whatever the vow is. So they make their vows to objects um, lesser than God. The gold or the temple. I I swear on I swear on the temple mount. I swear on the gold of uh, the the treasury on whatever's there. Um, so they make their vows. And then Jesus turns around and says, you fools. So not only are they hypocrites, and I love this. Let me see if they use that word. Yep. Uh, the word for fools here is morano. And moros. And um, it's pertaining to bearing extremely unwise and foolish, unwise fools. Look at the word. Where do we get that? What do we get out of moros? The word. Moron. He calls them morons. You morons. And you blind men. Which is more important? The gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? Or uh, or the temple that sanctified the gold? The, the temple is a sanctified place. Sanctified by what? Sanctified by God. Alright? So, you don't get, there's no loopholes. This is what Jesus is getting to. And whoever swears by uh, whoever swears by the altar, that is nothing. 
but whoever swears by the offering on it, he is obligated. Um, you blind men, which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctifies the altering, offering? Therefore, whoever swears by the altar swears both by the altar and by everything on it, those things that have been sanctified. And whoever swears by the temple swears both by the temple and by him who dwells within it. Who dwells within it? Hello. Remember what Jesus said in the temple when he tossed out the money changers? I must be about my father. And if you look at translations, I must be about my father's house. Usually it's translated business when he was 12 years old. Usually you say, I must be about my father's business or um, I must be about my father's uh, affairs. But if you look at it, it is, I must be about my father's house. And um, so it is, and he says, whoever swears by the temple swears both by the temple and by him who dwells in it, um, the Father's house. And whoever swears by heaven, swears by both, and, and there are those that I swear by heaven. Okay, I don't swear by God, but I swear by heaven. Okay, well, so be it. Whoever swears by heaven, swears both by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. There's no loopholes. You want to make your vows? And by the way, the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, don't don't make your oh, No, it was in James. James says, let your yes be a yes and no be a no. Okay? Your your integrity as a Christian, later on as Christian, um, it is, uh, it should, should be, uh, should be enough that your word, um, you uphold the, by your integrity as a Christian. Okay? Verse 23. Woe to you scribes, here's, woe to you scribes, your Pharisees, your hypocrites, for you tithe the men and dill and, dill and come, Human, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. Okay, coming into the next woe here, that tithing becomes a big deal. And tithing becomes a big deal in our churches today. And just as if you're a big tither, then hey, uh, hey, all the better. And um, and so the emphasis is placed upon the smaller things. The tithing isn't the number one priority in the in in our Christian life. Okay, the uh, do do I believe in tithing? Um, in the sense that giving, I do believe in giving, and I believe in giving as a response. To our spiritual life, uh, not legalistically, but as Paul says that um, that God loved whatever that we should give, not grudgingly, not out of compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. When your spiritual life is right, and that is your growth, and I've caught some flack on this before. Um, that I've told people that if your heart's not right, if you're wondering how much to give, if you're questioning to give 5%, 6%, 7%, 15%, uh, whatever percentage that is, the 
um, and, and you're struggling with that, put the wallet back in your pocket because your giving isn't nothing. Because your spiritual life, your heart is not right. Your heart has to be in place first. And that means your priorities. Everything that we do for the Lord comes out of our spiritual growth, including our giving. And so, but when you're religious, going back to the religious systems, you're making sure that every T is crossed, every I is dotted. And so Jesus is not saying here that we shouldn't give. But um, he's making a point to hear that they're giving, they're tithing, but they're neglecting the more important issues. Coming back. So, so woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe, mint, and dill, and cumin, and have neglected the, the more important Things, the more important things, the weightier provisions of the law. And what are those more important things? Justice, which we already talked about what they were doing with the uh, widows. Um, they were withholding justice and fairness and mercy. Um, again, re- increasing this, this kind of blends into what we've already taught. They were increasing taxes. They were, they were, Without mercy, they were weighing down the 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 letter of the law. Without without any um, turning to the right or the left, and um, and uh, the mercy and faithfulness and faithfulness, uh, and this and this is pistuo. Sure, yes, pistis faith. Belief. So these and the faithfulness again, uh, the lacking of faithfulness, uh, very important. He says justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Faithfulness is your spiritual growth. Your faithfulness is for us. And I, I say it to you, if you, and I say it to anybody, anybody comes to our church, um, that giving, and whether you're serving in the church, giving of your time, or giving of your you they, these are lesser things. But you have to, you're, they have to be brought, they have to be a response to your faithfulness, to your faith. In the strengthening of your faith, there is, and, and the response to your spiritual growth will accomplish these things, justice and mercy and faithfulness, okay? But these are things, going back to our, verse but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others he's not saying that you don't do these other things but put the first things first and for us even in our in the church age our relationship with the Lord comes first that is the most heaviest thing and if you're going to neglect that then this other, the other stuff that you do for your church and all that um, a religious matter of work is, it's inconsequential. It, it may benefit some other people, but it does not benefit you. Okay? It doesn't, it doesn't give you no spiritual brownie points. And then Jesus finishes off with this, as we will finish off with this. You blind guides, you strain out gnat and swallow the camel. What does he mean by that? 
Well, gnats are unclean. There are some bugs you can eat. There are, there are bugs in, in per Levitical law that you can eat that are clean. I think locusts and what, what have you. Um, but gnats are unclean. And what they would do would be, um, in their drinks that they would, they would have a filter, I guess some cloth, and they would pour their drink, pour their liquid through there to drain and to, and the liquid come through. So if, just in case that there's a little gnat in the, in the liquid, well they, that would filter that out and they can drink the pure water and they would not get defiled because they actually drank a gnat. And he says, you hypocrites, you blind gods, you do that. But at the same time, you're eating, you're swallowing a whole camel. And a camel is, of course, an unclean animal. So you're, you're, you're trying to drain out a gnat, but at the same time, that means that, that means that you're, you're going through little things and you're, you're obeying little things, but on the bigger sins, you're, you're just, you're, you're just all over the bigger sins, but you're, you're be, being nitpicky about the little sins. Um, and you're imposing it on others. So that's it for today. Um, and uh, let's close out in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to once again have met together and, and fellowshipping in your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your blessings. Now pray, Heavenly Father, this life, the window of opportunity, let it be that we draw near to thee each day. I pray, Heavenly Father, for for the saints, for those that are are, are personally too close to me, to, uh, close to Becca, um, and and those that we walk with spiritually, those who have a spiritual walk, those who have a love for the Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that um, they will continue on that path. And that their eyes will be open to greater doctrine. And that they, that, um, that each day will be another opportunity when they open their eyes. And some of them are, Father, some of them are hurting. Some of them are through going through sickness. Some of them are going through loneliness. But nonetheless, Heavenly Father, I pray that there, that nonetheless that the Spirit there will will continue to nurture them today and drawing them and pulling them closer to our Lord. So I pray, Heavenly Father, for this day, continue to strengthen us in our walk as we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. It's another fine day. Lord, keep your armor on. Keep fighting good fight of faith. Lord willing, Spirit God, rapture pending. We'll be back here in the a.m. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.